When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18+. website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? Right off the bat. I want to let you guys know that this is not going to be your regular IG50I because uh feels like we need to have a come to Jesus discussion about this team. It's been long enough. There's enough of a sample size to uh, critique some things, I think, fairly. Objectively. And that's exactly what we're going to do. But for the sake of uh, continuity, still giving you the intro, so. Let's get to it. You know, I battled back and forth with exactly how I wanted to approach this, but I think the best way to do it is just talk about things at a surface level, high level conversation, and maybe we delve into the details of a few things here and there because I want to keep you all day. Just want to get some stuff off of my chest. So let's start here. Charges are currently four and five. And it's just that perpetual state of middling that they exist in for multiple years now. And I don't know, man. I, don't, I take that back. I do know. It's gotten old. And I'm sure many of you out there feel exactly where I'm coming from. This team is now at a point where the Denver Broncos, sorry, let me see the exact record here. Just don't want to be misquoted share the same record remember the laughing stock of the nfl remember the team that lost to the dolphins and allowed them to score 70 points it's not just a loss like all-time paper bag overhead type loss yeah that same broncos team shares the same record as our los angeles chargers 
amazing. Even the Raiders currently sit at 500 at 5 and 5 because they're going through the entire, you know, interim coach bump. Let's see how long they can ride that wave. I don't expect it to go very far, but still in all. Just looking at this uh just this simmering sack of mediocrity the Chargers are just stewing in right now and I'm a little fed up. Hmm. Let's start off with the obvious things. You know what? Take that back. I want to give props to someone who actually deserves it. 1,000%. On the coaching staff, this goes to special teams coordinator Ryan Ficken. Thank you, sir. You have more than exceeded expectations. You've taken a phase of this team and turned it into a strength. A consistent strength, by the way. Bravo to you. And in the event the Chargers decide that they want to clip Brandon Staley before years end, you have my vote as interim head coach. Just saying. Throwing that out there. But kudos to you. From there, I guess we could kind of talk about the offense, right? It's fair. Going all the way around the board. And if we're going to talk offense. Should also lean towards the uh, guy calling it, Kellen Moore. It's been far from perfect, but there have been some pretty significant improvements. Uh, the Chargers are significantly better in the red zone. I think that goes without saying. As far as uh, the vertical passing game, pretty much non-existent still, but I'm not sure how much of that has to do with them not wanting to do it and not being able to do it or also just misuse of personnel. Cause I still stand by the fact that I have yet, unless I have to go back and really, really look through film to see Darius Davis do anything vertically. It's a lot of horizontal gadget play stuff. And yeah, I, I know what are you going to tell me? You're building him up into the offense, giving him some more experience. And then eventually he'll be ready. I mean, how, how much effort does it take to run a go ball? Just a couple times. Maybe threaten the defense with it. Just a little bit. Just so they have to respect it. Just a smidge. How about that? But no. It's not happening yet. But I will say this. Kellen seems to have uh, gotten a hold of what it means to take specific offensive threats. Mainly Keenan Allen. Who I will get to here shortly. Because he deserves all of his flowers. And maneuvered him throughout the offense. Not just in the slot, even though I think he's taken like the fifth most snaps in the slot across the league of all wide receivers. But getting him moved around the offense, whether it be in motion, uh, moving him out to X at times, which is not a natural position for him. He plays a lot of slot and Z. But giving him opportunities to create mismatches, compromise defenses. Give them some different looks. So I will give Kellen credit for that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And as I alluded to, uh, just want to go ahead and give Slay his props. So let's do that right now. 31-year-old Keenan Alexander Allen is currently top five in essentially every major receiving category, whether that be receptions, yards, or touchdowns. Just go check the list. He's there. And this is a it's a bit of a feat, you know, for a guy of his age. It's not really the norm because wide receivers have a tendency to fall off somewhere around age 30. It's pretty similar to the running back position, but many of those guys who fall off a cliff suffer from what happens to all of us for the time catching up. So there is a level of athleticism that they no longer possess. They lose a step or two. Agility takes a hit, things of that nature. But the reason why Keenan's game is so strong and why it transcends age is because it's not predicated on athleticism. There's a real skill to being a master of your craft as a route runner, focusing on nuance. And Keenan has all of this in spades. It's what leads me to believe that he has at least another two years of high level to elite type of production. And I do want to tip my hat to Kelly Moore for helping him extend that window by finding ways to get him into matchup situations that are allowing them to attack defenses and get Keenan open. So again, once more, Mr. Moore, great job on you. But this is about number 13. As he is currently the straw that stirs the drink on offense for the Chargers. Outside of 10, of course, the guy who delivers him the ball. And that leads me over to the running game. Austin Eckler. Austin's made some plays here and there. I mean, but he suffers from a lot of what the team does in general. It's a lack of consistency. He'll never be a strong between the tackles runner. Although I will say he is better in that area than most uh, what most people give him credit for. And also there's apparently some sort of mandate for the Chargers to run a lot of outside zone. I don't know if you noticed this, but it was the same way with Lombardi. Even though Kellen came through the door saying that we were going to be a more power downhill running team that just hasn't come to fruition. Even though the personnel screams that that's what you should do. We don't have to revisit all the details associated with that. We've been down that road a bunch of times already just for some reason still isn't happening. But I do find it strange that outside zone seems to be a necessity regardless as to who's the uh, offensive coordinator. Just a little strange. And uh, when they do run power, you see a little bit of Josh Kelly. Not as much as you you think you should, because Josh has popped a few big runs. Uh, 
he has the longest run of the season, I believe. So good on him. Uh, we do know where his shortfalls are, but he could stand to see a few more touches just to make the running game a bit more respectable. And we know where I'm going next. A topic that uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much longer I even want to discuss it because the Chargers seem to care less about the situation. And that is Isaiah Spiller, the gentleman that they spent a fourth round pick on that for some reason just can't see the field. Hell, he can't even dress. Healthy scratch on game day. Last year, I understood it. This year, not so much. And it's for all the reasons that I've already said a million and one times over. I'm not going to repeat those because I know you're sick of hearing it. Him being the most natural running back in the room. Probably the best fit for either your power or outside zone scheme just due to his vision, um, his initial burst. The fact that he seems to almost always fall forward. And, you know, being six foot one, like 220 pounds comes in handy too. But, yeah, why should that matter? I don't understand. We've seen the flashes, seen him bust some big runs in uh, the preseason earlier this year, and dude just can't get on the field to get warmed up. Hardly breaks a sweat. I imagine that after most games, even if he dresses out, probably doesn't even need to shower. I wouldn't advise it because, you know, just saying. I'm a bit of a neat freak that way, but it's just, just really baffling to me that he can't see the field at all whatsoever. But, you know, I digress. And then there is El Capitan, number 10, Jay Herbo. The reason, the reason, the reason, the reason why the Chargers are able to compete in so many of these games. The gentleman who goes so underappreciated by national media and many folks across the league. But I mean, folks who know, know guys who study the game, people who actually play it have a different level of respect for him and uh, we got to see him or should I say not necessarily prime time Herbert we got to see prime Herbert against the Lions that performance electric we saw some of those wild throws some of those quote unquote social media throws come to the forefront once again that seam ball that he threw to Jalen Guyton I mean they don't get much better than that. We're talking about anyone with a lesser arm or the timing having been a tick off that would have resulted in a pick or at least a PBU. But he fit that through a keyhole. And man, it just it, it makes you so happy to have a player like that. But it's also infuriating because you get a guy like that who contributes to 38 points, plays essentially a Superman level game. I mean, I'm calling calling him Henry Cavill. He's that level Superman. Henry's probably the best Superman right now. I know Christopher Reeves, all that. No disrespect. Henry Cavill, fire Superman. Justin Henry Cavill. As far as I'm concerned, he's that dude. But to have a performance like that for not. It'd be different if it was the first time it's happened, but we've seen this multiple times, right? Seeing this guy dig down deep, 
pushed the team forward and putting points on the board, this time to the tune of five straight touchdown drives. That still resulted in an L. Why? I'll tell you why. That's where we're headed next. The defense. Headed up by uh, the guru himself. And this is where things get thick. So if uh, you're a fan of Brandon Staley, you might want to go ahead and turn this off right about now because I really don't have anything nice to say. I'm just going to be honest because that's all I know how to be. And I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Just I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that at this point. I'm sure you guys are pretty much sick of that nonsense as well. So here we go. Question for you, actually. I'll pose this to you. In what industry is a specialist hired in a certain field who comes in and improves himself for almost three years to be inept? Unable to perform the task that you hired him for, which is supposed to be what he's best at. Came in, knocked out the interview with you. You thought you had one, but then you realize you got fleeced. And that's what this feels like. Sorry. Getting messages. My phone, that's why uh, you heard that vibration there. Try to keep that to a minimum. And, um, you know, here we are. But I ask again, sorry, I got sidetracked there. In what industry would someone like that have the level of job security that Brandon Staley has had to this point? Even if we're going back to last year in the playoff loss against Jacksonville, I would not have been surprised to see some organizations clip a head coach after a loss like that. But, oh, no, not the Chargers. They like to see these things through. They don't really believe in paying coaches to not coach for them. I get it this there's this thing about cutting losses you know they don't seem to have a grasp on quite quite yet let's discuss a few of the uh missteps of a one brandon staley shall we let's start with uh the thing that people seem to lean on most when they talk about him some of the names that he was able to bring in khalil mack clearly past his prime but productive, just not the Khalil Mack you were accustomed to seeing of years past. And I don't think that's what anyone thought they were getting, but I'm going to give Khalil credit. He's been pretty great with regard to setting the edge. He's near the top of the league in sacks. A lot of those came in one game. We do recall that, but the numbers are the numbers. A little deceiving there, though. You get six in one game and, you know, come on, let's, let's be for real think league lead is 11 he has like nine somewhere around there eight and a half nine so if you want to put a green check mark in the box for that okay i'll give you a pass there the eric kendrick signing how are we feeling about that right now sounded good at the time remember the whole drew tranquil situation that whole fiasco we don't need to get into the details of that it's old news but right now how do you describe Eric Kendrick as anything other than a liability on the football field, specifically in the passing game, which was supposed to be a strong suit of his at one time, but now he looks like an old washed linebacker. No disrespect to you, man. I'm just saying what it is I see. 
You were brought in for your leadership qualities and then to assume, I assume, line up next to Kenneth Murray and help his development, which mostly this year um, he's improved, shown some uh, pretty significant improvement as a player. But there are still some areas where he's being exposed. So I don't think you could really call the Kendrick signing a success. And then you have uh, hmm, good old Mr. J.C. Jackson. Ah, yes. That is a dumpster fire, wasn't it? Felt good at the time. The writing was kind of on the wall about that. I've already discussed kind of the timing about him and the uh, foot injury that he decided to have surgery on so late in the camp, which delayed his start to the season, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Then we hear the complaints about him being asked to do something other than what he does best, which was be a man-to-man cover corner. He was asked to play some zone and look, man, as a professional, you got to go out there and improve in the areas that you aren't great at, but also asking him to do something that he really wasn't all that great at probably not the best idea more often than not you want him doing what you were paying him to do that's just me just my opinion on the situation it was an all-around crap show have an immature petulant child who essentially feels like he ran off with the bag like dude stole money he's not even really getting it done in new england anymore he got paid and now just looks like he's cooked or could care less and i wouldn't be surprised to see him completely out of the league within the next year or so don't hope that for him but yeah so x in that box didn't work out and let's move on to the fact that this is now year three for brandon staley and we gave him multiple passes right first year new system doesn't have his guys plus injuries year two gets the names Guys are still adjusting to the system, still have some injuries. But year three, that was supposed to be the one. This was supposed to be it. And yet, we're seeing many of the same issues that plagued them from the very first defensive snap of two and a half years ago to this day. And then you look at player development. Another situation, another area that is a clear problem for this team. Whether you want to admit it or not, I'll give you one name. Just go with me here. Michael Davis. Remember year one of Otto in this system? Not pretty, right? Year two took some significant leaps forward. Year three, he looks a lot like year one again. It's it's baffling because... I mean, I guess you could say, for instance, it's on him to continue to improve. But there seems to be some sort of disconnect in the coaching and understanding of the scheme and execution on the field between coach and player. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I've never seen a team bust so many big plays. And the wild part about it is, is it's not just like every once in a while. It's like once or twice a quarter which is inexplicable to me at this point in Brandon Staley's coaching tenure. The scheme hasn't changed. Many of the players are the same and yet and still same issues. Can't quite figure it out. But here we get into the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, Let's just be honest. Brandon Staley is in over his head. He can't handle this. I think it's pretty evident. And there's something else now that I know that we all were cool with initially that now seems to be coming back to haunt us. And it's the fact that Brandon Staley seems like he's a little too friendly with the players. I'm not saying he needs to be Bill Belichick. Ironically enough, that name has been coming up in the news lately with regards to the Chargers, but never mind that. He just doesn't seem like one of those dudes that will get in a player's face when they're screwing up. I don't think they fear him. And I think there should be a healthy fear of your head coach. There's a level of respect that goes along with that. But you should fear screwing up. Like players that play for the Patriots are deathly afraid of making mistakes. Because they know there's going to be a consequence for that. You're probably going to lose playing time. And it won't take weeks for it to happen. I don't think there are any guys on the charges that actually feel that way. Staley lacks the respect of fear from his players, if you ask me. That element needs to exist. And unfortunately... Because the relationships are so soft, I think that trickles down to the team as a whole. Because the Chargers play a very soft brand of football. They bully the lesser teams. And they get slapped around by some of the more competitive squads. What we saw against the Detroit Lions last week was embarrassing. Now, granted... They didn't get blown out, although looked like they were going to get boat raced from the very beginning. That's not the way things turned out. Happy about that. But when we're just talking trenches, I cannot tell you the amount of plays where I watched the line of scrimmage be reset by Detroit on both sides of the ball. Guys were getting blown off the line of scrimmage. One play, I believe Austin Johnson ended up roughly 12 to 15 yards down the field just on skates embarrassing and I can't help but feel like the team is really taking on the image of its coach and I know what that sounds like Craig you're calling Brandon Staley a soft human being well you know what 
as a coach, he is soft. I'm not saying that about him as a man. I mean, dude's been through a lot. I would never take that away from him. No disrespect there. But as a head coach, oh, hell yeah, he's soft. And it's reflecting in the team. You know, when I sat down to do this, I'm not going to say that I had an intention to really bash Brandon Staley, but I feel like there's really no way to talk about him in a manner that doesn't come across as harsh. But I think the criticism is warranted. So this kind of is what it is. Let me run through a couple of other things with you really quickly, and I won't hold you for much longer. Just want to get this out. Number one. I am over the Staleyisms. Period. All the $10 adjectives, fancy coach speak. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about winning performances that don't actually result in wins. Uh, premium players with big engines. Pause. Uh, movies. All that crap. I'm done with it. All the fancy talk. It was good. It was It was dope for like a year and a half. I'm over it. I don't care if you come up to the presser and say, like, give one or two word answers. I don't care. People can call you a jerk. I don't care. I just don't want to hear anything else. I just want to see the results. The results aren't matching all the big talk. From the day you've walked into the door, you've talked a great game. And two and a half years in, what do we have to show for it? Uh, I want to talk to you about something else really quickly. Let's look at some of these teams, right? We already touched on the Raiders and the Broncos just within our own division. But what about teams like uh, the Jets who are four and five? Of course, yes, the Chargers defeated them. Mm, you got the Steelers who are six and three. And then there are the Cleveland Browns at six and three as well. And the Texans at five and four. Just throwing those out there. And I know it's a little bit of a trend amongst them. You guys see anything? Let me tell you what I see. Zach Wilson is a quarterback for the Jets. Yes. You know that I affectionately refer to him as the Hobby Lobby Heathen, the Bed Bath and Beyond Bandit. Yes, that gentleman is a quarterback of a team that's hovering around 500. Strange. Because he's crap. And yet. He's on the team that has the exact same I'm sorry, record as the Chargers. Interesting. The Steelers are six and three with Kenny freaking Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Hmm. The Browns have this variant of Deshaun Watson, who's actually out now, but as of current present day, they are a competitive team with him or having had him at the helm for the majority of those games still not performing to the level of what he once did so definitely not an elite quarterback and then the Texans the Houston Texans with a rookie QB who's playing at a very very high level so I take nothing away from him but you know what I notice about all these teams They're finding ways to compete in spite 
of shortcomings. The Jets have a fantastic defense with the defensive-minded head coach, strangely enough. And that defense carries a lot of the load for the poor offensive play. Will it turn into a playoff run of any sort? I doubt it. I don't think they make the playoffs. But still, the fact that they're in the hunt at this point and could still be later into the season says a whole lot about the way that that, uh, that roster is constructed and the coaching jobs. The Steelers are almost always in contention. I mean, at this point, let's just be honest. Uh, they have a head coach that's going to be a Hall of Famer. And Mike Tomlin takes every iteration of that team and makes them competitive. Doesn't matter what hand he's dealt. He just figures it out. Literal definition of a winner. The man's never had a losing season as a head coach. Must be nice. Meanwhile, you've got the Houston Texans, who are not only led by a rookie quarterback, but also a rookie head coach, who also, mind you, is a defensive-minded guy. I've actually rattled off at least three teams with defensive head coaches who have seemed to figure it out in short order. And yet, the man who was sold to us as a defensive mastermind still can't get his bearings. They're still working out the kinks in year three. Strange. Really, in conclusion, I just want to say I've had enough. Yeah, plenty of games left in the year. Could the Chargers turn things around? Sure. Possible. Probable? Not without some change, and as Brandon Staley recently told us, he's really not interested in things changing up a bunch. Still going to call the plays, so give him respect of potentially going down with the ship. I mean, if you're going to go out, should go out swinging. But it also tells us a lot about what we can expect going forward. And I will never root for my team to lose. I would never do that. I will say to you, though, I'm over Brandon Staley. Have been for quite some time. But now I'm just letting you know, making it official. And if by some miracle the Chargers go on this run, he gets the defense completely turned around. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm still going to be that guy that says, I don't think I really like this coach very much. I'm not sure that I want him around. Anything short of a Super Bowl, which I know you're saying, Craig, that's pretty extreme. But, I mean... This specific squad was supposed to be one that made a deep playoff run and competed for Lombardi. So am I wrong? Is it too much? Or are we going to shoot and bail because of things like injuries, which the Chargers have seemed to somehow overcome to some extent to still be competitive in these games, only to have uh, the defense give it up for them. Who runs the defense? There you go. Long story less long. I know this has not been fun to listen to. I appreciate you for sticking around for however long you did. If you got a little all the way through, thanks. Uh, if you could only hang out for a couple minutes because this was too Debbie Downer for you. Totally understand. Nothing but respect to you. Uh, much appreciation anyways. 
but this is my chargers therapy this is where i get it and i know this isn't the usual five piece that you are accustomed to but uh just had to get some of this stuff off of my shoulders and be be clear i really didn't go in the way that i feel really really because again there's so much season left so i'm not quite to that point i really don't want to get to that point but if that time comes scorched earth how about i leave you with a quote from a one ben johnson you know offensive coordinator for the detroit lions really popular guy probably a prime candidate for a head coaching gig next year you guys know how i feel i mean i like ben but personally i don't want another first year guy just over that but anyway back to what ben said about last week ben notes that the game was fun to be a part of and he said it felt like anything on the play sheet was going to work and he then also credits the players for it well ben you know what i respect that man a lot of diplomacy there i get what you were doing you were attempting not to be overly disrespectful good on you but i can read between the lines brandon my man listen up dude basically said that playing against you was like going to the drive-thru at bk he could have it his way anything he wanted just all day long he found the nicest way to call you trash and if that isn't embarrassing for an offensive coordinator to essentially come out and dance around the fact that you are garbage without actually saying it but everyone understanding exactly what he meant hmm I don't know what else to say to you, man. But uh, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty significant indictment on your credibility as a coach in the league. And uh, you know what? Kudos to you, Ben. At least you came out and said it. I'm sure other OCs feel the exact same way. Brandon Staley has become just an additional entry on a resume for a lot of OCs. They probably look forward to playing them. that's enough guys thank you once again i appreciate you for joining me i promise you we will be back to regularly scheduled programming on next week with another five piece for that head top i just had to let this one fly but until the next time y'all take it easy see y'all all on sunday actually for after hours packers game coming up i know we didn't get into a breakdown of that but felt like this was important to do so we'll have plenty of time to chat about the results of the Packers game, what my thoughts were maybe going into it, all that next time around. But until then, y'all take it easy. I appreciate you. And I am gone.